Now, what I wanted to do was, many times people have been asking, who is this person singing this chorus of Red is the Color, uh, as Heather even uh, referred to? There was a whole trying to figure out where is this person? How do we find her? Um, well, her name is Katrina B. And uh, thanks to Exposed Songs, I was able to connect with her and had a great conversation. Uh, and we're going to talk about her project that she has uh, that was released during the pandemic and a little bit more. So, you know, be sure to be listening. There's going to be fun little Easter egg things in there. And once again, I'm going to share information on how to support her. So if you want to purchase her album, go ahead and purchase it. If you want to download it through Apple Music, download it. If you want to stream it on Spotify, do that. Make sure that you support these artists. I know many people have said Red is the Color is one of their you know, favorite unreleased Britney songs. So we're going to give you a couple exclusive little snippets um, that are going to stay on here. Uh, so people ask me, can we take them? No, you cannot. These artists have been kind enough to share exclusively on the Original Doll podcast these songs because it gives more listeners, more ears, more people listening to the podcast, which in turn helps out the people that we help out. And for every listen we get within the first 24 hours of the podcast, we get items donated to charity. We work with Our Art of Giving. Uh, we work with women at domestic abuse shelters, and we work with homeless LGBT teens. Um, during this crazy time, it's great to be able to help people out. So that's why thank you so much for listening, because just you listening, you're helping out these other people. So I want to just say thank you. And here is my chat with Katrina B., a.k.a. Forest Looper. Hello. Hi there. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm great. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, I want to thank you so much for being here. Now, do you prefer Katrina? Do you want yeah. Forrest? Okay, perfect. Katrina, okay. great. Thank you. So my listeners, so what I wanted to do is really talk to songwriters, people involved in these projects, but kind of go further because like your album, Homestar, I really like it. I like it a lot. Thank you. That's great. And so I want to deep dive into that. So what I want to do is I want to talk about red is the color, how it came to be you. And then this, because I do want to do like a track by track of Homestar because all these times I'm listening, I'm like, like uh, I, I had to write myself little notes because like the the opening track, like Homestar, where it's like the ooze and the echoes and the harmonies. And I'm like, oh, this uh -huh. is divine. I love it. I love it. So. <laughs>
Perfect. So Katrina, I want to welcome you to the original doll where I unpackage music uh, that was involved with Britney Spears and then go further and learn more about the songwriters. So mm. I wanted to talk to you first about Red is the Color. Now this song is a very fan loved song. And I was able to talk to Heather Bright and she said, I don't know whose amazing vocals are on the chorus. Like, who is this person? So I've been like homesing it, like trying to figure everything yeah, out. Good detective work. <laughs> I was like, well, and, and it's like, I have, I have a, a listener who's as big of a fan of the song as I am. And he's, thank you, you know, for helping me out. It was like, let's figure this out. So within like 24 hours, we were like, Boom. So then when I Boom. reached out to you, I was like, this is amazing. I don't know how you did it. <laughs> oh, goodness. And we're not going to share any secrets of the trip. <laughs> I love it. But so talk to me a little bit about that. How did you get involved in Red is the Color, you know, your vocals, songwriting, all that sort of thing? Mm. Well, it was a complete surprise to me because it must have been 2010, say, I joined uh, Music X-Ray, I don't know if you've heard of Music X-Ray, so it's like a music submission website. Um, and those sorts of websites for musicians were just, you know, coming into their own then. It, and that was a great way to connect with producers or submit your music for advertising and things like that. So, um, but I'd, I'd only just joined it. And I think the second thing I had sort of submitted to was to a producer called Minority and uh, got a reply back straight away saying, uh, you know, I'd sent in, it wasn't Red is the Colour, it was another song of mine. Um, yeah, we really like this and uh, go to this website and download some beats and write to them and send them back to us. So I did that and that started off quite a long musical relationship with Minority. I would write hooks for his beats and things like that. But we, before we, you know, right at the beginning of the, of uh, working with him, um, again, that must have been the first or second thing I I wrote to for him. Wow. The, the weird thing is I had I had that uh, chorus written years ago. And, uh, but it was different. It was acoustic guitar driven and it had a, a different rhythm. Here at the Original Doll Podcast with James Rodriguez, I love giving you some exclusives. So here is a little snippet of the original composition of the song. Take a listen and let me know what you think. Um, but I never knew what to do with it. I, I, for some reason, I could never have a, a verse that seemed to go with it so it just kind of sort of sat in my head <laughs> and uh, so when he set, sent through this particular beat it was the same chord progression and I thought well if I just slightly amend it um, then it fitted perfectly so I sent that in just the the hook there was no verse or anything I don't think and um, he really liked it but that was all he said and uh, I thought, oh, well, we'll just wait and see what happens, you know, because these sometimes these things can take years, you know, I, and I didn't know what connections he had or but we, we got on. We got on really well. So but um, so, yeah, fast forward to probably, oh, I don't know, June 2010. 
I was uh, I live in a small village in the Scottish borders, and uh, I went to a, a local town where they were having their yearly celebration, um, and so there was you know hundreds of people in the sort of town square. And I just looked down at my phone and I saw a missed message. Um, so I sort of uh, went away somewhere and I saw there was a voicemail. So I was trying to listen to it, but it was very noisy. Mm-hmm. And uh, But I heard this uh, voice saying, um, this is cut, Father, um, and your, your <laughs> number's been passed to me by a minority and give me a call back. So I, you know, there was all this commotion going on with the uh, the local celebra- celebration, and I was thinking to myself, my uh, cut father, I I know that name, you know, and I, so I came home, and I was saying to myself, don't look the name up in case it's someone oh. really big and I'll be too nervous to phone. That's good advice, though. <laughs> I know, but I, th- I think I did look it up, and I was like, "Oh, oh, oh, my goodness, what's what's happening?" You know. So anyway, I called him back, and uh, and that was great. You know, just, you know, from nothing to just sitting at home writing to beats to suddenly you get a phone call from Cutfather. It was amazing, and um, so he just said, "Oh, that's a, a great hook you wrote," and um, you know, we're it it could be quite big and we'll, you know, we'll be in touch sort of thing. But, um, and uh, he sent me a few other things to write to um, after that. So, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that that was amazing. And there's there's something else that was really kind of um, spooky in a good way about it was even months before that, I had been in my car uh, with uh, listening to Kylie Minogue and it was a, a song called Like a Drug. Yeah. So I was listening to that and I Love said it. to myself, yeah, it's really good. I said to myself, um, oh, I can write songs like this. Why is it not happening for me? Right. Guess, guess who produced Like a Drug? Cutfather. <laughs> I mean, that's it. So, you know, even if nothing else happens musically in my whole life, that coincidence was just amazing, you know. The universe was listening at that point. <laughs> so did he say anything like I'm working on a Kylie project or a Britney project, or was this just to kind of feel mm. your vibe to see if you could work on other projects in the future? No, no, this, it, this first of all, it was just all about this one song because I, I don't know how it works, but I would think that'd be quite close to, I mean, the um, Femme Fatale came out in March, was it, of 2011? Yep. Something like that. So, you know, we're already into June and there was no word of Heather Bright or anything like that. Um, so I don't know if that's normal or we just kind of got in at the last minute. I've, I've no idea. But um, I think there was a couple of things went back and forward, like they would send me or through minority, he would send me um, uh, like it, there was a, another person had written some verses before that, uh, and then we got the ones with Heather, um, which were great. And um, and then it was just like, I didn't know anything after that. It's like, the song is out there, the, the producers or whoever are pushing it, but you've no idea what's going on. And then I didn't even know it was for Britney Spears. 
No, I had to work it out that myself. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, I did because no one would tell me, and I was like, so I, I don't know, a bit of detective work like you. <laughs> I don't know. I, I sort of narrowed it down, and I thought, Britney Spears, it can't be. <laughs> and uh, you know, I was just like amazed. I must have walked around in a daze for you know ages, and uh, right up until February two thousand and eleven. We still didn't know whether it was going to to make it or not. Um, it was really a last minute thing to say. No, unfortunately, it wasn't going to get on. Well, and that was something where I think that so many of the fans that that have heard us because when it leaked and during that time, Femme Fatale, there was a lot of those songs that were just leaked, you know. And I've talked to many yeah. songwriters that worked on the project where, since it was Dr. Luke and Max Martin. There wasn't mm -hmm. going to be many open spaces for any, any other producers. And it's like, oh, I get it. You know what I mean? But it's just, I, what I think is amazing is I think that the fans today still would love a fully mixed version of this song where it's because your voice, I love the chorus. I love the verses of Heather Bright. Like there's some, mm -hmm. something, and I always say like, it reminds me of like the sneaker pimps from like, I don't know well, if you like them. <laughs> oh yeah, and, I love them. And it's funny because it's like knowing that, like in my mind, that was this. So then all of a sudden I hear like Forrest Looper and I was like, <laughs> it, was, it was like two completely opposite things, which I love. Yeah. But my, my question is for you then, when that happens, because I always wondered this part and maybe you might know, um, I know sometimes songs, they're like, they go through evolutions, you know, from mm -hmm. one person to the next. So you did the chorus, you wrote the chorus and you did the um, the vocals on it. And yeah. Heather Bright was the, the lyrics that are on the version that we've all heard on the internet with both of your voices. That, the Heather Bright version of the verses, that's just her stuff, right? That's just yeah. the things that she wrote. Um, that's Because right. I know that there's like five people listed, I believe five on that oh well that makes sense because minority that's jose and fabian right yeah yeah and then cut father you okay so i'm i can't count that's four people i was like wait there's because <laughs> i was looking at it because it also has like the your name is two different two different parts on the publishing thing um because oh, that's right. part of that's part of where you know some of my information comes from I'm yeah like, yeah of course yeah that, that has to be proper names that's you're right yeah yeah and so then my question is knowing well how did you feel when you heard the the heather bright version so the heather bright added part i shouldn't say version but the mm -hmm. heather bright edition did you hear that before the femme fatale album came out or was this like a yeah. year or so later no no i heard it before um it was you know even leaked to the public obviously uh yeah no i i heard that version um i i don't know I think it was uh, November, December or something the previous year, 2010. Yeah. What? Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, no, the they, um, minority was uh, was good that way to let me hear the, the full. He, he loves the song. I'm, I'm sure he still loves it as well, uh, well both of them, because, um, you know, I remember him saying, I, I won't stop until this song is, is uh, you know, sung by someone, at least. Because after that, we had, there was always, Oh, a Sony artist is interested in in red. Um, 
but uh, it's never it's never quite made it for for some reason. But um, that's the way it goes. Of course, I'd spelt it red as the colour, the British way, C O L O U R. So the the first time it was said that to me, it was changed to C O L O R, which I don't know. It seemed really good. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, and the thing is, it's like that song. When people started hearing it, they were just like, "This is." a Britney song. It has that sultry, you know, organic <laughs> synthy sound. But the thing that I really like is in in the music that ends up, you know, being pitched to Britney, it, it's it fits her in a way that keeps evolving because red is the color that like I can't even think of the genre like trancy. Like I think like those that know, like when I said, you know, sticker pimps, like it has that kind of vibe that I love. And I think that most of the fans are like, we would love that. And I know that in talking with different songwriters, that song was on hold. You know, Britney specifically had that song on hold, that it wasn't a person of a person of a person. It got like so far <laughs> that they were just like, this is what we want. And so it's, it's, it's crazy. So let me ask you this then, in working on Red, did you get to hear any of the other songs? Did you work on any other songs that with Cut Father, which might have gone the same route? Um, no, I wrote with him after Fan Fatale came out. Um, so, but I, like I say, I I don't know. I felt that that's just my instinct because I I'm not sure how how the other songs, if they were around longer or before our uh, song Red was you know, put forward, but um, I don't know that, that there would have been much time to <laughs> to get another one done. Um, but no, we, I didn't get to work on any more for that particular album, no. Um, it would have been good because I was really uh, writing an awful lot at that stage, you know, when I'd, I'd come home from work and I would, you know, have something to eat and I'd be away in a freezing cold room with a hat on, just writing away to all these beats. <laughs> from minority, you know, it was really, I was in some sort of zone, you know, it, it was good. But um, yeah, no, the songs I wrote after with uh, Cupfather, um, they definitely had a, a Kylie Minogue vibe to them. And I don't know, uh, because Femme Fatale had come out, it kind of felt, well, it's not for that, you know, it's not for, for that kind of thing now. But um, yeah, so yeah, like I say, I, I don't know, it's just, um, it's hard, you know, it's, it's, uh, you get these beats sent to you and you can't, so you can't ask for them. They just, because obviously it's a creative thing. So when someone creates it, then they'll send it to you if they want to, you know. Um, so I don't, you know, I'm waiting on the, the, the producer in that case is the connection that you need. So it's not going to come from me to start with. Um, for that kind of artist at that stage for, of me, my career anyway, yeah. Hopping out for a quick moment to remind you to join me on patreon.com slash the original doll. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash the original doll. And for as little as a dollar a month, you're helping keep this podcast, the original doll podcast with James Rodriguez, keep it up and going. So thank you so much. Uh, love sharing some great exclusive content on there. Uh, once again, the original doll you can follow me on Instagram, the.original.doll, Instagram, or on the website, www.theoriginaldoll.com. 
patreon.com slash the original doll. Now back to the show. here it's truly a collaborative effort like you already created this entity separate they created this entity separate and you kind of do this hybrid and it becomes something amazing and what I've learned in talking with a lot of songwriters is you know and I I learned this from um, a friend of mine that said you know you don't make your muse cry sometimes you have to put a a project a song away for a bit walk away you don't Mm -hmm. force it but when you're inspired your muse she's like let's keep going like to your point in a cold room like let's keep going let's keep going and you're like and you're like nonstop, which I love it and that's why I want to talk about I want to talk about the the Homestar album because I I like and what I like is I've been talking to people and saying you know I don't like saying I can I try not to say I compare this to this it's like the likeness of but I think in this like this album can go on a playlist with like Sheryl Crow with Joni Mitchell because it's this like folk singer songwriter thing and right off the bat so let, let's let's talk about this okay so Forrest Looper let's talk about uh-huh. that where did that name come from first <laughs> it's a weird one isn't it um, <laughs> it came about because um so the songs on 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 Homestar the album um I would say five of them I think were written over uh four to five years which was helpful because it money-wise it gave you time to send them off for mixing and mastering because it's not cheap so i'd gathered these five songs over a period of time and then we got then covid appeared and we had to lock down and i have a day job that i was put uh, on um, furlough so i thought you know what let's just uh, dig in here and and you know i can really just go for it so i had i had bought a new pedal a looper pedal so if your listeners don't know that is um it's a a pedal that um can record and repeat or loop uh anything that you put into it so it could be a little bit of guitar it could be a bit of rhythm just hand claps um whatever and and then you press another button and it'll keep repeating it and then you can play over the top of it and then you could record that and so on and you can really build up a song so I, I'd got this and I found it to be a great songwriting tool um, because it's really like a, a flow of consciousness. You know, I could just keep going and building up the harmonies like you were saying, the oohs and the ahs and um, and you could build up the layers and just keep going for like 10 minutes. And then at the end of it, pick out the bits that you think, oh, that's really good. And yet I ended up with lots of different 
bits that made the songs really interesting and um, you know different, not just the chorus, pre-chorus, chorus, etc. You know, just just trying to do something a bit different. So I thought I'll take the name Looper. Uh, you know, because I've written half, more than half the album using a looper as inspiration. They, they weren't recorded that way. Um, and also I love nature, being out walking in the forest, the woods, whatever. So I thought, oh, well, forest looper puts together how I was at that time, how I was feeling and still. And, uh, <laughs> and then, so I decided on that. And then I thought, oh, wait, I better Google forest looper and see if it, means anything <laughs> <True>. <laughs> and it, it turns out it's a, a moth it's a type of moth and that's so weird because I didn't know that I, so I well, thought oh well it's, it links in with nature so now I'm stuck with forest looper <laughs> I love it because I that's something that I think most people might not think of it's like well maybe I should google this first to make sure it's not offensive it's not something well, really exactly. bad in some other language make sure it's it's okay you're like, well, this was in the Kama Sutra. I should not use this for my <laughs> album. Um, but so then, then let me ask you this: with with it, Homestar, because you mm. open with Homestar, the title track. I always want to know, like, why the title track? Do you know what I mean? Like, why the title of the album being that that track? I, I've, when it comes to lyrics, I have no idea until the song's finished what it's going to mean, or I, I don't uh, know. But Homestar. Um, I thought that was probably a good opener and a good title. Homestar is obviously the sun and that just seems sort of really grand well it is you know grand and uh, a statement I suppose Homestar I mean how important is the sun you know so I, I just I thought um, well and it's a, a sort of um, it's not a sad we're not starting with a, a slow song or something it was something upbeat mm. and, uh, and positive which I always try to keep songs a bit positive actually but um yeah so that that was why and I thought well Homestar's got a nice ring to it and um yeah I just thought that was a good song to start with well and it gets it gets me in that mind frame of going okay click and what I like is when I when I go through it I can just let it play and it has this seamless quality to it but not every song sounds the same which Mm. that's what I like because somebody could easily make the same chord progressions in each thing. And that's why you like, you're like, oh, it's 10 songs when it sounds like one. But this, mm-hmm. it's kind of like the, the storylines going through because I love what caught me first was when I listened to Homestar and it was those oohs, the harmonies, the echoes. I was just like, this is, it's beautiful and it's organic and it's earthy. Um, 
which I love. And it reminds mm-hmm. me, I'm like, I can throw this on and I always pronounce his first name wrong. So is it Sufian Stevens? He did like- Oh yeah, Sushan, is it Sushan? Dude, I, yeah, I never know how to pronounce his name at all, but like Sushan. Gideon, you know, um, he did like Call Me By Your Name, some of the, the songs from there, but it's just this like organic, earthy, you just relax and take it all in. And so I was I was ready to go on this ride. So then with Paradise, when it's like, open up your your heart to Paradise, open up your eyes to Paradise. Mm-hmm. So talk a little bit about this, because I want to do a track by track, because I want <laughs> the listeners to know some of these things, because you, there's a reason why these were the songs that made the album. You know what I mean? There's yeah. a reason why this is the order. So talk to me a little bit about Paradise. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Paradise is, uh, from the point of view, <laughs> this is my crazy mind, sorry, but it, it's from the it. point of view of a, say, a, um, extra extraterrestrial. Um, so they're they're coming through the universe, and as far as we have seen, so far, each planet is basically nothing on it, nothing compared to the Earth. You know, they, they look, um, there might be life there, but it's nothing colourful unless it's under the surface, but there's nothing colourful or beautiful as we would think of. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, just imagine you're flying through the universe, visiting planets. This is crazy, I know. But then you, you come up upon planet Earth, you would just be absolutely astounded at the animals, the different types, the colours, the textures, the plants, the flowers, the sky. The sea, it would just be absolutely mind blowing, wouldn't it? And and so Love I thought, that. well, so this is the the alien or the the traveller through space, whatever, telling us to appreciate our planet, basically. So just open up your eyes; it's paradise. I love that. It's it's so great because I think your point of this is truly like, I think sometimes, especially in the past year week or even by, prior to that, we take a lot for granted that we have. We don't see, you know, I forgot what that, that phrase is, like you don't see the forest for the trees or sort of thing <laughs> where anybody else could be like, this is amazing. This is beautiful. Look at all this. And we take it for granted. And... <laughs> I just thought when I heard that, it's like, open up your eyes to, and I was like, yeah, and open up your heart. Cause not only this, it's that feeling, which, which I really like. Um, and it spoke to me and I thought, this is great. Like you have this home star and then appreciating what we, what we have here. Yeah. And I love it. I love it. Um, yeah. They, they all link uh, the songs are all, they're all about, um, well, they are spiritual on a level, uh, as in 
the planet and caring for the planet and just uh, you know to well appreciate it. I think the appreciation of planet Earth is uh, is in all the songs. I didn't set out to do that on purpose. It's just how you. Um, it's a strong feeling for me. That feeling, you know. Um, so. But the, yeah, the songs are all different, but I think um, sometimes I think, oh, no, that's too different. You know, I try not to do things because I've got things that are a bit more, uh, they, I would say they're more sort of jazzy, but I'm not, they're not like jazz chords or anything. They just have that, maybe that kind of sneaker pimps type thing again going on. But yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, sometimes I think, well, that's a little bit too much like that. But if it's a good song, or I, yeah, if I believe it's a good song, I, I you know, but if it's if I feel it's good, then it's hard not to to put it out there. I suppose. <laughs> well, I love it, and it's it's like to me, even getting to like, and I like I said, I want to do a track by track with this because like even yeah. in beautiful, like I just listen to this, and it's like there's something where sonically. I just love it and it's beautiful. And then the lyrics on top of that. So even them separately, it's a beautiful story and it's a beautiful sound. And here you are, you made it work on these these 11 tracks and everything. So let's talk about beautiful. Um, uh-huh. And also I wanted to know too, which of these songs took the longest to to deal with? Or you were like, maybe I shouldn't add this or maybe I want to change this. Because there's got to be one of the songs that was a little bit more of the problem child. Than... Oh, yeah. oh, it's a nightmare. <laughs> and each time I, you know, I sit down to record, I'm like, now just keep it really simple. And the vocals, especially, if you don't record, I find, if I record a vocal and it's fine all the way through, then that is the one I should keep. But sometimes, you know, after trying, sometimes it doesn't go well and you end up, you've sang it. 10 times or something think well that one's all right and I can take the bit of that one and put that in there and I know that's not the way I should do it I should have one clean vocal and then adjust that and not think well I can put that bit in there because it gets really messy as you say so I think that that song would be slow train (laughs) really yeah there's a lot going on in that song lots of harmonies and I was moving bits around and um but yeah, you, are, you are not afraid of a harmony at all. You are not afraid no. of harmonies, which I love. I love. I, I think I uh, I really liked an album my parents had, which was the Mamas and the Papas. And I, I realized years ago, I think it had a huge influence on me, uh, that album. I can't remember which one it was. Maybe just the best of or something that they had. Um, but yeah, I've got it here somewhere. <laughs> well, and that's one of those things where it's like we in general are always like influenced by bands and especially and I think in talking with a lot of people, it was whether they were six through sixteen, there were always those mm. definitive albums yeah. that really changed your life. So would you say that's like with yours as well, with the mamas and papas? Yeah, that I just realised this, um, you know, I didn't realise this years ago. It was just maybe four or five years ago, like 10 years ago or anything. And I, I just realised that um, maybe I'd heard it again or something or a song from it. And I thought, oh, wow, I think that really did have quite quite the influence on me, you know. But um, that's, it's really nice when you just like you realise these things musically about yourself, you know. But um, uh, so going back to um, Beautiful. That song was written using the looper, the pedal I was telling you about, a loop pedal. 
Um, whereas the first two songs on that album were just the usual sit down with a guitar uh, sort of thing, you know. So, um, yeah, that song is, um, again, spiritual because the first few lines are uh, beautiful, living breath, I will not deceive your gift. So it's about just make, you know, you've been given the gift of life. It's, it is beautiful or it can be, obviously we know things can happen and et cetera. But, um, you know, just it's amazing to just be alive basically and just make the most of it, you know. So that, that's what that whole song is about basically, how beautiful it is to have the gift of being alive. so good it's about appreciating everything we have and it goes back to like the original like the, the first two tracks it's like appreciating mm -hmm. what we have so let me ask you this of those three were those done before or after the pandemic i shouldn't say after like it's not finished like but after the yeah. when lockdown happened yes the first two were before and and uh, uh beautiful was just when it had all kicked off so um oh yeah just uh, with the loop pedal so yeah the first two were, were slightly older and then the other difficulty i had was that the, the ones that had been done before they'd already been mixed and mastered and then i had these six new songs that i had mixed trying to save money because suddenly i thought well i, I can't do six mix and masters at once mm -hmm. so i thought well i'll mix them I'll, I'm, not too bad at mixing nothing like a professional would be but you know it's passable um, but when it comes to mastering then it's got to have a certain loudness without being distorted for you know hopeful radio play or being on spotify etc that kind of thing um so i then had the difficulty of hoping that the the new ones sonically were the same oh. as ones but it seemed to work out okay because i sent it to the same place that that i'd used the other ones so uh, other ones for so it seemed to work out fine yeah what yeah so uh, yeah homes uh but a beautiful was uh, one of the newer songs well and that's something where i think a lot of the listeners were like wow mixing is important and in in the heather bright episode that's going to be coming up is she said you know, mixing is the difference between your song banging in a club or sounding like baby spittle. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's cheap. and I was just like, that is that I can see and hear. And I'm like, mm -hmm. oh my goodness. And that's something that 
in going through any of the liner notes of any of these albums, I look and go, wait, this is mixed. Wait, this is mixed. And it's just because it's something we took for granted because the mixers, they don't get the credit that I think that they deserve yeah. in this. That's right. It's it's real talent, you know. Everyone involved is, is really talented. Um, and you've got to have, you know, obviously mixers and producers have a, in a lot of cases, more technical expertise. Um, and it really is. I mean, it's it's amazing to, you know, sometimes I think in the past producers didn't get the credit. Now it's maybe the other way around, the songwriters with, you know, are, are kind of in the background now. But um, the producers uh, didn't get the credit because it's so important what they add to the song. And, and that, as you said, that Heather said, it can make the most biggest difference. Um, but now a lot of producers are, you know, it's like their project and they find the songwriters. So it's, uh, it's, it's hugely different now. Well, and that's something that I've been happy with, with the original doll, introducing people, because I got a lot of responses back from people saying, wait, I just assumed music was made by this music producer and that the songwriter was the one who created the melody and the song lyrics. I thought that's the, the line in there. And many of the songwriters are like, no, the, the, the melody was already done by the music producer. And then it got to the discussion of a top liner sort of thing. But yeah. many people, and I, one of the first times I had talked to somebody, I said, oh, you know, you're the sole songwriter of, and, and the, the songwriter corrected me and said, no, there are two of us, the producer. Mm -hmm. and, and I was like, wait, what? I thought it was like a lyricist. Like that was what I thought. And, I love that I've been able to learn myself and teach a lot of these people about the different facets going on behind the scenes. And I think what's what's funny is when you talked about, you know, using the 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 pedal and doing mm -hmm. stuff at home, that I remember like I read an interview where Kylie Minogue is like, I had to do my own vocal production at my house. Like during the pandemic. And I was like, this is amazing. Here's one of the premier upper echelon of recording artists that that she's like I had to learn how to like record myself and figure everything out which there's something that goes back to the original singers songwriters that I loved where many people just pick up that guitar and start playing you know whether yeah. it's your house wherever the muse hits mm -hmm. where I think for a while it became super manufactured like no you go into the studio and everything is done in this clinical mm -hmm. setting so hearing you talk about doing this at, at, at home and kind of figuring this stuff out and then sending it to Mixer, it's like, this is so true that like, we're living in a time in which all of us are concerned with health, finances, all of these things happening. Yeah. And I've been shocked to learn since day one about songwriters, because even getting a, a Kylie Minogue cut, getting a Britney Spears cut, people aren't, the songwriters, aren't making millions of dollars off of every no. song that they make. No. And it was shocking to me because that's, I, I assumed along with many of the listeners early on, if I buy your song that you wrote for Britney Spears, that out of the dollar 29 or, you know, pound 29, that like you would be getting half of that if you were mm -hmm. half of the songwriter. I just <laughs> thought that's, and everyone's like, nope. Here's the uh -huh. studio cut, then here's the publisher's cut, and then here's, I was like, 
hopping out for a quick second uh, to remind you to join me on Patreon, patreon.com slash the original doll. Now on there for as low as a dollar a month, you are able to keep this podcast alive and going. Uh, as many of you know, this is basically a one man show. Uh, so the mixing, mastering, the trying to work with uh, zooms and everything all falls on my lap. Uh, by being able to uh, support the podcast, you're able to help me keep the technology needed to keep this podcast going. So for a simple or as little as a dollar a month, you get that. And there's also exclusive content um, and a bunch of things that I can't say. But uh, yeah, be uh, be on the lookout for Easter eggs and everything great. Once again, patreon.com slash the original doll. Make sure you follow me on Instagram, the.original.doll enjoy buying buying a song or an album is still a lot better than streaming it um because you know there's a lot i don't know what it's like in in the states but here there's been a big movement to uh try and uh, sort of rectify uh what's paid for example by spotify and no other streaming services are probably under the spotlight as well but spotify being the biggest one this is you know been a sort of target i suppose but a third of a penny per play for the whole song not before it's even divided between people you know um it's just you just can't live on that or you know unless you're a huge artist um and then even if you're a huge artist it's you're getting a good pay of that because your record company has a deal with spotify so yep. there, there's things need to be done, but there's actually a, a, a new streaming service started here in the UK called Sonstream. Um, it's worldwide. I think there's artists from all, all over the world and they actually pay you two and a half pence a, a play. So that's amazing, you, you know, 10 times. <laughs> so then with, with Soundstream, because I think in one of the episodes, maybe three or four episodes back, I talked to uh Liam Lindvall about the pay songwriters hashtag pay pay songwriters and I've talked to the listeners about the importance because here's the thing to your point if the songwriters aren't getting paid the songwriters there's few and fewer and those that can do it are working or become artists themselves that are mm -hmm. getting that advance but then the other thing is there's a group of songwriters out there whose family is well off enough to pay for their lifestyle. So you're losing yeah. the the genuine, because there, there's something to me about listening when you hear whether it's struggle or optimism and appreciating things. We appreciate these things because they're gone. But if I'm somebody who's a billionaire's child that has had everything mm -hmm. I've needed the whole day, I might have a completely different take on, on everything. Yeah. So, so Soundstream, that's something that's positive and, and buying your album fully. And where can, and we're going to jump back into the river and, and finish off the album, but yeah. where can, they can find this on Apple in the States to download the full album and mm -hmm. Soundstream? Yeah, Sonstream, S-O-N-S, oh, stream, yeah. Got it. Yeah, um, yeah, that's, it's um, streaming only, that website. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, the, the I, uploaded three songs and there was a song in the top 10 for three weeks and it was amazing i that's know that's awesome that's awesome i, think, uh, I was at one week as i was at number seven and number eight was the beatles 
<laughs> so, uh, but the, it's um, it's it's really good because it's just what people are listening to, and the the people that are paying to use the website, they just pay as they listen. So it's not a subscription. So it's good for the listener as well. That. See, I, that I like. So what I'm going to do yeah. with the, the listeners, I'm going to share this um, because we do have, it's global listeners that, that I have. Mm -hmm. I've been fortunate enough on, on Apple specifically alone. I've charted in over 30 different countries worldwide. So I've had listeners say, hey, how can I buy this song in this territory? The problem is sometimes <laughs> they don't have a distributor, they, you know, distributor that yeah. they don't have. So I always want to make sure I can get to as many people as possible, mm -hmm. those those sites that work, because some of them, even here in the States, there are some songs that I'm like, I really want this Britney Spears song, but it was a UK only song on the album yeah. and you can't get it here. And I'm like, yeah, buying it. And so, there's something, it's frustrating because it's like, yeah. if I, you know, ripped it onto my computer to have it, it's not exactly the highest quality. You know what I mean? Even I purchased it, you know what I mean? Where it's like mine, but. I like that H. It's not what you want. Yeah. Not at yeah, all. That, okay. Yeah. So let's jump back into your album. Mm. So let's go to The River. Mm -hmm. That's probably the, the oldest song uh, there. So, um, yeah, even before uh, Paradise and Homestar. Homestar was one of the newer ones written with just the guitar sort of thing. But, um, yeah, Homestar, um, that was... Uh, yeah, kicking around for years probably, but when I played it to friends and family, they always liked that one. Um, and I just kept it really simple, the recording of that. So because it's, like you say, it's quite earthy and just like stomps and claps and things. Um, so, and I think it's just a single guitar, even not even a couple of guitars on it. Um, That's amazing. And just a, a bit of reverb, reverb on the, the vocals, it was just very simply done. And the thing is, this is like track five out of 11, and I'm still getting different flavors and different different sounds, which I really like, but it still goes together. And what I like is usually by the time I get into like track four or five, I'm like, yeah. you know what's coming. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I know what's that. But then with yeah. this, I was shocked because what I thought was almost like bare bones production and the simplicity and this. And then it even went further. And I was like, so it shocked me, not because it was this full orchestra, but it was the complete opposite. It was like this yes. juxtaposition. Mm -hmm. So as a listener, I was caught off guard by the 
and I don't want to say emptiness in a bad way, but the, the bare bones nature of it. And oh, it's got a lot of space, yeah. <laughs> and that's what I like. And I, I kept trying to decide, I'm like, how do I, do I call it folk? Do I call it singer songwriter? Because it's all of that. And then there are, and there are aspects of the album that are like very pop folk, pop mm -hmm. songwriter, like where I could just put this on a playlist with Ingrid Michaelson or Sarah Bareilles, where I can, have it and it works with it. So, so let's go to candlelight. Oh, okay. Different again. <laughs> that was the the loop pedal, the looper. So, um, I think it was the first thing I did when I got the the pedal so it's just a very simple quite sort of bassy guitar sound and I just looked at it just went on and on so it's the same guitar sort of um you know all the way through and I just went with it it just all sort of came out so that one is quite um is about uh, uh nature in, a, in an almost sort of religious way very spiritual way so it's uh, and it's uh, you know do what you want do what you like but you know i can't i've got the word the lyrics the wrong way around but basically as long as you don't ha harm anyone or anything so just the, the basic you know just be your natural self you know it's hard but try you know all the pressures of society and cultural pressures and the way you're meant to be and all that but it's fine to be yourself as long as you don't harm anyone or anything so that's basically the, the lyrical idea on for for that song so i love it i love it up next is that what you Ooh. want yeah so that that's a more poppy one um yeah that was just i think i had the yeah that was two different sort of things i'd written that somehow fitted together that doesn't often happen for me it all usually all has to come out at once but um yeah i had the the verse and i thought well the, even the verse is quite catchy and i thought right okay i'll just keep that for a while but i think your brain works on it in the background <laughs> because you know a few days later i thought i'd written the separate piece of a chorus or a hook you know and then um i record them on my phone to begin with and then I was just sort of listening through each one and thought, oh, that actually goes with that one five songs back. <laughs> so I just put them together and that was that was that one, yeah. So uh, yeah, it's weird it's how a, it works sometimes, but well, and it's so cool because it's like to your point, like your mind is thinking of, you know, subconsciously your mind is still going and working on this and you're like, here's <laughs> A, here's B, let me just throw that together, which I love. It does even sometimes when you just wake up in the morning that the song is there, you know, and it's, uh, so your brain's been working on it. you want 
I love it. And and up next on the track listing is the problem child of slow train. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know if I even had to play that, I can't even remember what the chords are. I'd have to sit down and work it out again. You know, it was just something that became really quite complicated. <laughs> Like, I needed a little separation from that song. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. I have to leave that for a while. But um, yeah, it's uh, it was just layers, lots of layers. Um, and just because when I first was playing about with the loop pedal, I thought, well, it sounds like a sort of train rhythm. And that sort of sparked the lyrics for that. So that that's how that one came about. But um, yeah, it's kind of maybe a bit more bluesy or, you know, slightly different, but... Um, I love it. Yeah, good. I'm glad you like it. And then up next is Don't Let It Go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I th I felt that sounded, I was just maybe slightly disappointed with that one on the album, just personally, because when I would sort of just muck about and sing it here, it sounded quite powerful, because um, I really liked the lyrics for it. But when I recorded it, it seemed to lose a wee bit of spark. I don't know what it is. I might try and re-record it at some point in the future. But and that's about not letting a dream go, basically. I would love to hear that live. Like, I mm. would love a live version of that because I think what I love about these songs is in, in, in pop music, which I love, sometimes it's still so synthetic when somebody does something live. And it's like, okay, it's great. Other times they could take something super synthetic and make it organic by going that acoustic way. Yeah, I love that, yeah. And I, I love that. And so with like this, mm -hmm. with like, with uh, Don't Let It Go, with Candlelight, with Paradise, like those are songs that I'd be like, those would be amazing to hear live because you've got a great voice, you've, you're a great storyteller and everything. And it also, I think it just adds a different layer to it. And with Don't Let It Go, that's, it's like, because to me, that's something that I think is resonant with many artists where it's like, you can't let those dreams go. And I think oftentimes we forget about it. And there's this thought, do you sell your dream for a house or do you sell your house for a dream? Yeah. And I would love to hear that live. So if ever you're going to do it live, you better let me know so I can let everyone else. Like, oh, I, think will, yeah. be fun. I might record it for YouTube or something, you know, just uh, it's a bit of fun. But um, yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, it's like, I think a lot of people do give up 
um, again, just looking at it from a sort of musical point of view, but there'll be a lot of people out there that that were an, extremely talented, but just, you know, if it doesn't go anywhere, it is very hard to keep going. You know, it takes a lot of money, takes a lot of time um, and constant effort, you know, just to to keep doing it because it is, if you don't use it, you lose it, as they say, you know, and, uh, you know, you just got to keep going. But I remember years ago for about a week, every morning I woke up, I had a new song in my head. And on the seventh day, I got out of bed and I said, okay, what happens if I just don't give up? You know, just keep going. Just don't give up, no matter what, because you, you just don't know what's, what could happen, you know. So I just remember that when I'm feeling a bit, oh, it's all a bit rubbish or it's not going very well, or you know. Um, so, yeah, it's, um, it was a good song to write, yeah. I love it. And, and that's one of those things where it's like, I feel like, there are so many times we need these like anthems. We need these songs to just click our mind to be like, Hey, I got that. You know what I mean? Like to, to restart, I always say like control all yeah. delete. Cause sometimes I think we get so down and I think it's, I think it's interesting that the song about that is the song you're like, uh, with, oh, you know, know. You know? Yeah, and, right, yeah. and it's one of those things where it's like never settling for what's given. So like you as an artist, it's just like, of course, the one that's about not giving up. You're like, I uh, let me. See I know, that. I want that more, bit more oomph. <laughs> yep, which I love, which I love. And then it goes from there into Ordinary Day. So tell mm -hmm. me a little bit about Ordinary Day. Yeah, I just, I just wanted that to be really uh, laid back, sort of. It was quite a gentle vocal I did for it, and uh, that's about how even a day where you think you don't have anything special to do or whatever can actually be well it should be a really special nice day so you, it's called ordinary day but actually no day is that ordinary you're experiencing life and you could go and do something different or even if it's just a normal day it's all right you know what's the problem <laughs> it's all and good and that's the thing. I love that because it's like, oh, it's just an ordinary day. It's like, no, it's an extraordinary day because you've never lived yeah. this day before. Yeah, and, and look at little things about the day. Listen, you know, it's a bit um, cheesy or whatever, but listen to the birds when you're walking or things you don't have time to do normally. Uh, suddenly you think, oh, I'm bored. Well, just go out and listen or look at things that you, in a way you never did before, you know. And I love that the, the, the transition song-wise, be, be like, don't give up on anything in this this ordinary day, like appreciating those days that like, hey, not every day is going to be your favorite day in the world. 
-hmm. but it's still something you've never experienced before. So you still have the possibility to change it, which, which I love. So then I want to go to the last track because Mm -hmm. it's like a little lies and tall tales, I think is one of them. So what about that song, little lies made you say, this is a good book, you know, book ending, book capping of the album. Yeah. Um, I think it was it was more sort of folky than a lot of them and it had some it had a bit of harmonica in it and things and I just thought maybe so it's talking about um it's maybe it's a, a bit more um of a question mark the lyrically so it's about um don't just believe things as they're given to you question things and uh, sometimes the answer's obvious, but you've been trained culturally or whatever to believe or follow things a certain way. But inside you, you know, that's not how you feel or that's not right. So it's just about to you know, question, always question things, look for, is that a little lie to make things better for, not you, but, another you or um or is it you know it's not to my benefit where I'm not going to harm anybody but actually I just want to to do things my way um and not just believe all or have to follow all the little sort of social rules and all that which I probably do anyway but (laughs) in my mind I think I'm doing my own thing you know it's just to question these things basically um and uh Sometimes the answer's in in front of you. You know, you don't have to look that far. You just have to delve a little bit to find the answer. So basically, that's what it's about. But yeah, I, thought, I probably felt that um, that that was a bit more. It wasn't so, as as peace and loving as the other songs. You know, it was a bit more of a slap. <laughs> Wake up and and have a think about things. You know. Well, and and the thing is with with this track listing, it's like there's that story that goes all the way through, but each one is a little bit different. And mm-hmm. but also it isn't so jarring. Cause I think sometimes I think people are like, oh, I want to be super diverse. But as a listener, where we're all in these generations that still listen to, to albums from beginning to end, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, us people are still alive that like that remember listening to whether it was like oh, yeah. jagged little pill from beginning to end or you know yeah. rhythm nation whatever it is and i think what's interesting is being able to to talk to the songwriters about like why this order because 
I think me as a young listener, when I was like eight years old, listening to Paula Abdul or something like that, like <laughs> I just put it on just because, it, but I didn't know that there's a reason for this song opening, a reason for this song, a reason for the song in the middle. It's like a musical. You need the, the opening number to really set the tone. You need to keep people coming back, you know, during that intermission part and yeah. close with something that really puts a bow on mm -hmm. the, the story overall. And I think, I think you do that really well. And none of the songs to me as a listener seemed out of place. Mm -hmm. None of the songs seemed like it was so far off to the side that I was like, well, that's yeah. weird. You know, you didn't get into gangster rap and you didn't get into this like super country sound. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But That's amazing. There. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, I've never sat down with anyone like this before and gone through the album. You've made me realise that some instinctively that's what I've done, probably. Um, I was just trying to think. I think I was thinking more in terms of the music, but it looks like lyrically I've sort of you know wound away through to the last song from the first so that's amazing well, yeah well and that's the thing I mean even looking at like the track listing home star then you go paradise beautiful love struck river going all the way through then towards the end don't let it go ordinary day little lies mm -hmm. it makes sense it makes mm. sense in that order and it's Brilliant. <laughs> and, and it's like don't and even if you just took it as simple as like don't let it go even if you have this ordinary day because an ordinary day is not ordinary and even if you think you're this big rebel and not this big rebel like just be you like yeah. you know and and i think that that's what i liked with this true story and that's why i'm happy with with this this you know the original doll going i wouldn't have come upon this had i not been looking at research for that's red so yeah exactly <laughs> yeah so it's a weird world <laughs> And it's so good. And that's why it's like, I love being able to do this and talk to the songwriters about, about their music, the recording arts about their music, because I think oftentimes the stories of the songwriters are really what helps us as consumers buy in more to that project, buy mm -hmm. in more. Because if I just assumed red is the color that you were this trancy electronic person, I would have never thought of this album at all yeah you know yeah so I, I just love it so then let me ask you this going forward what do you see for your next projects what do you see what is your hope for for because no matter what just because this album was released doesn't mean it stops that day so yeah, yeah. what should what what are some things you want to do in the future um well it'll just be more of the same I would think I mean I, I, for a lot of years, I was looking for producers to write with and all that. And eventually I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to do it myself. And even if nothing much happens, at least I'm writing, recording, putting things out there and people can either like it or if they don't like it, that's fine. You know, I'm not. So I decided not to to push things, basically, just I've, I've really pushed in the past. And I thought, well, let's just try it the, the other way. Um, but just now I'm uh, recording an EP. So uh, four songs. Uh, so 
uh, maybe in about a month's time it will be out. Um, so yeah, that that's uh, going well. Um, just sort of mixing two of the songs just now. I've got another two to go, but um, yeah, I think uh, I'll just be working as myself, not putting songs forward. I I would love. Don't get me wrong. I would really. What my thing is, I love to write. I love to write more than perform, which I've rarely done, to be honest. I do it now and then, and nothing at all with lockdowns and all that. But um, it's quite frightening on your own just to to get up there and sing. And then now that I've got a loop pedal involved, that's terrifying. <laughs> so the, the times that I have had other musicians with me, I've really enjoyed that. that that's been great. So maybe, yeah, maybe that's something that could be for the future. Um, but yeah, just to do more of the same and put it out there. And uh, there's a local, well, not too far away radio station in Edinburgh. They've been playing my songs and things like that. So that's I'll just amazing. keep going and see what happens. <laughs> that's amazing. And, that, and that's amazing. Well, and that's the thing that I love is there are so many artists out there. There are so many different flavors, so many different colors out there that I think sometimes we as consumers, because I'm not musically talented at all. <laughs> I always tell people my music talent is buying music. That's the extent. <laughs> well, you ever... love music. That's, that shows a lot of appreciation for it, at least. So, Because the thing is, it's like, I know that there are so many people and that's what I really, one of the things that I liked about Britney Spears early on is because a lot of people mm -hmm. are like, is it great music? Is it not great music? Is her voice great? Is it not great? It's like, to me, it doesn't matter. She's she's creating this this empire's thing like and i've had these songwriters that are like you know what her tone you know her tone you know it's a britney spears song and mm -hmm. guess what that's what makes you know people like them you had the amy winehouse sort of thing mm -hmm. where her voice was extremely different and it's like just yeah. because somebody you know doesn't hit eight octave ranges doesn't mean <laughs> that they're a terrible storyteller and what I've loved is, and this was before the pay songwriters thing really came forward, is a lot of the songwriters talked about that they had worked with other top tier artists who would say, oh, this is my artist cut of publishing, even though they didn't write anything. Mm -hmm. And Britney Spears, every single one of them was like, she never took credit for any song that she didn't actually write or do anything for. And I thought- That is amazing, yeah. Well, and especially considering she could have made a lot more money by saying she, because she, I, I think I can easily say she's one of the last CD sales recording artists because mm -hmm. she was still selling millions and she chose not to do that. And when I got to talk to songwriters that were in the studio with her, they were just like, she was so kind, so professional. She didn't say like, you manager, give me this. And not all yeah. of her peers are the same way. And I thought mm -hmm. not many artists at her level, still experiment and play outside of the box with her most recent album, had a bunch of songwriters and a bunch of different producers. Yeah. And and that's what I liked. And I think that's the hope of a lot of these listeners going, red is the color. Hopefully that gets that gets released or pushed sometime. And <laughs> it's so bizarre to think I credit Britney Spears' music and my love of it with mm -hmm. finding your album, you know. And your voice, and what I like is, on the album, you play with your voice in so many different ways and so many different tones, because mm -hmm. I, is it like the river of candlelight, where it's like, 
super gentle and and there's no it's effortless mm-hmm. and I love that so when I heard the 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 course of Red is the Color I'm like who is this I was going on every Britney board who is this and everyone's <laughs> like I don't know who I don't know yeah it's funny you say that because when the song was leaked to YouTube um so I would go on and and look at some of the comments and they were all like eventually somebody discovered that Heather Bright was involved in the writing so Heather was fair enough because I think maybe the voices are a little similar Heather's and mine um they were saying oh Heather wrote the whole thing and I was sitting at home saying I wrote the chorus And uh, I'm over that now. It's okay. Well, and that's one of those things, though, because it's like when something is leaked, there's no press packet or anything on it. And oh. I know a lot of times, especially during the femme fatale era of like 2010, 2011, is mm-hmm. a lot of music producers were getting hacked and a lot of their, their music was, was being yeah. leaked. And I had an issue for a while, and I still do with people that are hacking and releasing the thing. Like, if you if you were like James, I'm gonna release this. It's a song that I did. Go out into the world. So be it. But it's when somebody hacks into your own personal account mm-hmm. to get that, because for some reason I think that people don't take music as seriously as an art and as a commodity as they do like films or TV. Because if you put an episode of Friends on on YouTube, that's that's coming down fairly quickly. That's right. But I can put. 150 different Britney Spears demos and nothing happens and it's 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 upsetting because then also the song becomes tainted you know if it's ready out for free who's gonna buy that exactly red is the color I would love to have that version and there's this discussion of did Britney cut it did Britney not cut it you know what did I find out and because a lot of people I've been talking to a lot of different people involved in this and I can safely say this is the first time You've been interviewed about Red is the Color? Yes, that's right, yeah. <laughs> so this is like over 10 years in the making, so oh, that's going to be the... And, go ahead. I, know, I was just going to say, you know, I, I've hardly mentioned it to anyone because it's like if I, you feel people wouldn't believe you, you know. You're like just sitting at home with your guitar and you're talking away and suddenly say, oh, yeah, I wrote the, the hook for a song that was almost on Fam Fatale the <laughs> P yeah okay think you're crazy you know so but, yeah I haven't even, I, a lot of people don't know that that I was involved in that you know they're gonna know it and they're gonna know they're it, gonna know it. <laughs> I love it I love it so then let me ask you this when you look back at at the the time of working on that and the, the ups mm-hmm. and downs is it gonna be on the album is it not gonna be on the album it leaked how do you feel about that whole time period for you as the songwriter and then mm-hmm. and the, the vocalist on that track um at the time of course it was really exciting and so all the things that go with excitement you can hardly sleep and had tons of energy and you know and every day checking emails and you know just to see if there was any any word and then it is a major disappointment when you know you, you don't get on it so you, you go through the big disappointment because personally, I would have thought, well, that would help establish me as a writer and I would get a lot more opportunities to write because that was the, well, I still love that genre, but, um, you know, I could 
write more in that genre that I find difficult to do myself. That's why I just use a guitar probably. I find hard without it sounding cheesy at home to do that, you know. So, um, but yeah, I, I, after it, yeah, the major disappointment, but the then the hope that another artist would pick it up. And that goes on for a long time, you know, that went on for a couple of years before eventually you think, well, it's probably not, not going to be. Um, but as you say, you never know what could happen. You know, it might be released at some point. You just, just no idea. Not being in the business as such, I've no idea what goes on behind the scenes. So I can't really uh, predict anything. I've just had to leave it out there in the universe and, <laughs> and take it as it comes. When I looked it up, who are you with now publishing wise? No, I'm completely independent. I'm just out, out here in the musical world, <laughs> swimming around. <laughs> you're like you're like the Outlander area. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just uh, always have to look in, but it's nothing, nothing much. Just keep going, just keep pushing along. <laughs> So what's great is on this this podcast for every question that you've answered we donate items to charity so we work with domestic abuse shelters for women we work with lgbt teens like i was just when i said it was packaging stuff we give out the lgbt runaway teens we give them canvas bags with new socks masks all sorts of other things so thank you for doing that with us so thank you so much Oh, you're welcome. Katrina, thank you so much for being on the original doll. We appreciate you being here to talk to us about Red is the Color and Homestar. Oh, it's been really great, James. Thanks very much. I've really enjoyed it. And how can people follow you? What are your socials? How can um, they, you know, stay in contact with you? YouTube, anything? Mm -hmm. I'm on Twitter um, under KBA Songwriter. Um, it's just the way it all started out. I've got all these different names for everything and it's impossible to change it now. So KBA Songwriter. But I'm sure if you uh, search Forest Looper, it links to that as well. So within And the also that, that Twitter account follows me. So it's, okay. if, if, if it's following me, it's the right one, at James Rodriguez. All right, thank you so much. Thank you, it's been great. Thanks very much. So just wanted to wrap it up a bit. Um, so several of these interviews, many people ask, when is this interview happening? When is this music coming out? Um, oftentimes there's so many things that happens behind the scenes where making sure that we have clearance to play certain songs, making sure that the artists, if they're, we talk about a project that they're working on, if the project gets delayed, we try to hold back a project um, a podcast for them. But just to let you know, in the next few weeks, I'm going to be having episodes out with the big fan question conspiracy, was Britney Spears banned on radio? And I actually talk with somebody who's been in radio for oh, since early 90s, uh, dealing with Clear Channel everything. So we go into that. We also have Joshua Schwartz back. We talk about Bring Me Home and a few other tracks that he worked on with Britney Spears. We have more songs from Femme Fatale with the songwriters. Uh, we have a lot of great things coming up. So just to let you know, uh, subscribe. Make sure you subscribe because when the episodes are allowed to be put out, we put them out. So we, we hit the send button. 
Um, and the other thing, too, is remember, this is a charitable podcast. So the original Doll podcast, Britney Spears with James Rodriguez, we are a charitable podcast. We are the podcast that gives back to those in need. Uh, we've been posting some photos of different items that we've had that we've um, had donated to us uh, on behalf of the listeners. Uh, we've had things donated to us. So it's been great. We've been able to help out homeless LGBT youth um, and women and families in domestic abuse shelters. Now, in the next few months, there are going to be a few different um, Britney Spears documentaries that are going to be coming out. And the thing to remember is there's going to be, I believe, I don't know which ones have officially been announced there. I know that there are going to be about four or five um, leading up towards fall. And it's been interesting to hear all sorts of information about everything. And and so many people ask, can you give us an update on the, the free Britney movement and your thoughts and everything? And I wanted to remind people, this podcast was created as a love letter to music a love letter to these artists, these people. It does take a village to make this happen. And I want people to remember that when I talk about Britney Spears in some of these episodes is I want people to remember that she is and was a hardworking recording artist, performer, all of this. So when I talk to these artists, it's to really shine a light on all that went on behind the scenes. You know, there was discussion and we have an episode coming up about Britney Jean where we talk about what happens when an artist wants to make a song, but maybe others around her do not want her to make a song. We talk about all of that. And the thing to remember is this, is you can still support and love the artist that is Britney Spears. I've always talked about that she communicates through dancing and performing. For those of us that have been fans of hers forever, uh, she's always been quirky and, and funny and offbeat, which makes her very endearing. Because she really does play um, the persona as well. And we talk about with other artists where they have nicknames of their onstage persona. Britney Spears is many things. She's a mother. She's a sister. She's a worker. You know, she's so many things. Recording artist, musician. Um, she's a lot of things. And the thing is, I don't want people to forget the impact that she has had on many people. Today, I was able to talk to Katrina B., who I would have never heard about her music had myself and Exposed Songs, once again, Exposed Songs, thank you so much, uh, follow him on, on Instagram. I would not have known about this Homestar album had research not led me to her. Um, at the time that I interviewed Heather Bright, she had no idea who the co-writer was on this. So this has been really fun. So I hope that you all can really support those artists that have appeared on here. Because remember, they appear on here with the hopes of helping raise you know, awareness for the different charities and things that we work with and just to, to help those in need. You know, during this pandemic, many things have happened, many things have changed. But this podcast will always be about the music, the artists, the people behind the scenes, everyone involved, um, because there's a lot of people involved in this. So when we talk about a recording artist, there's hundreds of people on projects. Um, hundreds of people that never meet the artist that only know, hey, we need you to come up with a new, you know, font for this album, this and that and so on and so forth. You're going to feel overwhelmed with a lot of um, the different documentaries coming out. Uh, I think it's going to be the, the sequel to the uh, Hulu one uh, Time magazine, I believe it is. 
that's the first one. I think they're going to be announcing it soon. Uh, there's the Britney Spears documentary um, for Netflix that should be coming out at the end of September. I don't think they announced the name yet. I think they're going to announce it in August, maybe, um, even September. But um, I know it's basically like, you know, Britney kind of against the Spears or versus Spears or whatever it is. But keep in mind, you're going to feel overwhelmed when you hear all these things and all these stories. And it's like that ticker ad thing at the bottom. Sometimes it's overwhelming. And I know many people care about her as a human being above all other things. Make sure you take care of yourself during this time. Mental health is important for all of us. Uh, make sure that you check in on yourself. Uh, and that's what my hope is with this, shining a light on these artists and talking about these stories and, and sharing these stories about the music and the music that we love. So I'll stop talking. Um, hopefully this gets out before the end of summer. Uh, if not, I apologize, uh, but we're trying to get it out as much as possible. Uh, and don't forget, some of the information I may say may sound really dated at a certain point, so I apologize ahead of time. Um, but yes, so... Hope to hear from you all soon. Message me on Twitter at James Rodriguez, R-O-D-R-I-G-U-E-Z, Instagram, dot, dot, original, dot, dot. See you on the flip side. Not your